Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Alrighty, so this morning is super, super special because I have in front of me the executive director of Healing Hearts Home, which is a nonprofit, and her name is Christina Galena Flood. And so first and foremost, I want to thank you, Christina, for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Tina. I'm happy to be here and honored that I can be here with you this morning. Uh, I know that your words are going to transform people's lives and just what you have to say is exactly what people need to hear today. And I want to introduce you to her. She's a speaker. She's a pastor. She's a counselor and she's a coach and she has a master's degree in pastoral Christian counseling. And she's dedicated right now to getting her doctorate. So that's really exciting. Woo-hoo, I can't wait to cheer you on through that as well. And uh, as I mentioned, she's the executive director of Healing Hearts Home. First and foremost, why did you start that nonprofit? I started Healing Hearts Home really to work with women and not knowing why I was doing it other than it was part of my life. It's what I went through. And so while I was getting my healing, I started to work with other girls to help them get their healing. And now here, here I am all these years later, you know, really digging in deep and leading the groups and helping you know, in the community now, uh, not in churches. I mean, I am in churches, but the groups aren't in a church any longer. And it's just been powerful. But it was through my own trauma and abuse and my life story that I decided um, to really start to help other people and to help them, you know, survivors. Tell me what Healing Hearts uh, Home is. And by the way, you can go to her website, healingheartshome.org and check it out and see what she does. So tell us in a nutshell, what exactly do you exist, exist to do? Healing Hearts Home is a nonprofit. We are in Port Huron and surrounding areas. And we exist to help women and teen girls who have gone through trauma and abuse. I counsel the gals, and um, we, but we also have support groups called SHOUT. SHOUT stands for Sharing Hearts Openly, Understanding Truth, and they're specific to women and teen girls who have gone uh, not only through trauma and abuse, but who have been sexually abused and human trafficked. And those groups run um, throughout the year. It's a six-month program. And they commit to come weekly and to get the healing that they so deserve. Mm, okay. So first of all, if you don't know, Port Huron is where I live. So Port Huron, Michigan, very small town. And you kind of just threw it out there real fast. And you said women that are humanly trafficked. Can you explain what that is? Because I still think there's some people that might be living under a rock that maybe have never heard of it explain what that is and the reality of it. 
Well, the reality of human trafficking, it's, it's huge in our world, uh, although we're bringing light to the situation, but I don't believe we've even touched on it as close as we need to touch on. And so it can happen in a variety of different ways. Um, basically, most of the women know who their perpetrator will say is. They, they get involved. There's, it happens in the schools where uh, friends set each other up and they, get, <clears throat> they lead them right to the, the abusers. And then they're trafficked, they're paid. And sometimes they're, they go on to live their life. They go home after that. Mm -hmm. um, but yet they, they continue to go back to that, to, you know, it's, it becomes money and drugs. That's what's really wrapped around human trafficking. Um, the odds of somebody being kidnapped and, you know, taken, that's a reality as well. And that happens. But for the most part, they really are, um, it's, it's a setup. You know, they're, they're a lot of times just set up, they fall into it, they don't have another option, they might be living on the street, someone comes along and says, you know, hey, I can, I can help you make some money, next thing you know, they're in the lifestyle, um, they like to get them hooked on drugs, so then they really need the money, they, they need the drugs, but they don't really make the money, they're making money for those people who are using them, they get very little of that money. So it's happening at a rapid pace and in, in basically it's a multi-million dollar industry that mm -hmm. it's a money thing, you know, just like drugs are, this mm -hmm. is, I think, even larger than drugs. Yeah, for sure. And we know that that's been the case. And, and as you mentioned, I think people are more aware of this happening and I think it started more so you know, people being aware of it happening in other countries. And then all of a sudden we're like, whoa, 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 this is happening in the United States. Yes. And so I know our Palm Mitchell schools that we have been fundraising for different organizations that are within the United States cast as one of them to be able to help, you know, women that are caught in sex trafficking as well too. So it's been made aware to our students because a lot of times hairdressers can identify a possible human trafficked victim as well. And so can you talk about that uh, too, um, how to identify that someone might need that help from you and also um, to be able to help them to get help in your organization as well. So talk about that. If, if we know someone that might be human trafficked, what do we do about it? A, and then B, how do we get them involved in your shout program? We'll talk a little bit more in detail about that in a little bit too. Okay, so if you suspect somebody's being human trafficked, definitely call the police. Do not follow them. Do not take matters into your own hands. You definitely want to call the police. You, um, there are signs. It's, you know, sometimes it's difficult unless you're really looking for it. But, you know, it can happen. It has happened right before my eyes. Believe me, I've seen women get in cars with men and um, I just, I knew they were human trafficked. A lot of times they won't have anything on them. They won't have a purse. They won't have a phone. They just, they don't have anything because they've just been dropped off, possibly said, we're going to pick you up at this time. And then they pick them up. So mm -hmm. 
those are some things to watch for. Parents specifically, if your child is coming home or, you know, not even not coming home, but what if they do come home and they're, they've got designer clothes on, or, you know, mm. they're showing up with some devices that they never had, or, you know, they got a wad of money in their pocket, start to question those things. Where's this coming from? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to, as, as I'm a parent and we have to really be sensitive to, to look at our kids' phones, to ask questions, to educate them. But, you know, the, the first and foremost option would be to call the cops because you've got, you want to get them involved. If you see something suspicious, it's better to take that step than to not take the step at all. To take the step and possibly it wasn't happening than to not take it, take that step and it was happening. And, you know, people, they want help. They just don't know how to get it. And there, a lot of times victims are scared to death. They, they really are, I mean, they're, they are taught to fear and they're under control and domination. And so it's tough for them to speak up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, on your, your website, in fact, if you go on her website, healingheartshome.org, it really narrows down what is sexual abuse. And it's crazy because everything you have on here from physical to overt to covert to emotional, a lot of these things I didn't even know anything about. And so could you kind of touch on those a little bit so that people could recognize that maybe, um, maybe they had it in their life and they've suppressed it, or maybe they're seeing this happen, but they don't realize that it's actually happening, that this type of uh, sexual abuse, can you discuss those a little bit? Sure. I'd be happy to. Tina, physical sexual abuse. So when you think of that, you think physical, right? You know, so really what goes with that is it includes any touching in a sexual way. Uh, The range of abuse of behaviors, anything that's sexual includes sexualizing, hugging, kissing, any kind of sexual touching or fondling. Though that's what physical sexual abuse looks like, okay? And that would be done by another individual to, you know, a person. Overt sexual abuse, that includes voyeurism. So voyeurism is the practice of gaining sexual pleasure from watching others when they are engaged in a sexual activity. And mm. this happens. I mean, it. these are hot, I mean, it's tough to talk about, but it's real. It's happening all wow. the time. Um, ex- exhibit exhibit oh, I can't say the word but exhibitish ex, oh lord exhibitionism yes. uh-huh. oh, girl thank you yes uh-huh. <laughs> so this is we've terrible heard, we've heard it is terrible and we've heard about this where um people will expose themselves in public okay and so that is that happens you know and that mm-hmm. that's a crime that is a crime that's abuse that's traumatizing to an individual and then covert sexual abuse. This is something that involves inappropriate talk. So dad or mom or a significant dad, really a significant male may call women objectified sexual names. That's tough, you know, to hear that if you're a child growing up or mom 
um, or any significant female in, in a person's life may be little men in sexual ways and put them down. And then this also could be a person in your life that's asking questions about, you know, your, your um, sexual um, psychology of your life, right? Like, you know, asking you inappropriate questions about your body. Uh, that's something that is damaging to an individual, you know, making comments about your body um, that, that leaves, it leaves trauma on the person. Yeah. It makes you really doubt, you know, yourself and in who you are as an individual. And then emotional sexual abuse, that's, that plays on the emotions. All of these things do, but um, this, this really emotional sexual abuse, it results from cross genital generational bonding it's very common for one or both parents in a dysfunctional marriage to bond inappropriately with one of their children in this relationship become can easily become sexualized and romanticized when one parent has a relationship with a child that is more important than the relationship that they're having with their own spouse and there, that is emotional sexual damage. So relying on your child for the needs that your spouse um, should be providing for you sexually. So that's yeah. a little, that's a little breakdown. And, and wow. that, that results in the trauma that, you know, that I deal with and help women to unpack and understand. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I love your website because it tells you the after effects and the after effects could yes. be physical, could be withdrawing or flinching from touch, not being present in your body, high pain tolerance, self mutilation, eating disorders, sleep disturbances, denial of body needs and isolation. And then emotional, you could be experiencing guilt, shame, powerlessness, helplessness, fear, anxiety, self-blame, dissatisfaction, and then relational, idealizing, excessive needing, neediness, overvaluing or devaluing others, fear of commitment, caretaking of others, tolerance of abuse. So let's unpack this because Obviously, these are the after effects later. You know, we've always said that uh, those areas that you don't deal with from your past show up later. And these are the forms, the after effects that show up. And I think a lot of people struggle with a lot of these after effects that could stem from one of these areas of sexual abuse. And as, as I mentioned, it's not just physical, it's emotional too. And yeah. I had no idea about this. So this is very, very um, educational for me, which I'm sure it is for our listeners as well. And so can you touch a little bit on that and how someone can kind of do a little self-work right now just to kind of uh, think about, do they need to be a part of this six-month program with you? Yes. Well, reading the brochure usually will, will empower them to make the call because- some of those side effects, if not all of them, are going to line up with what's going on in their personal life. And it's hard to live with that. It's hard to live with trust issues. It's hard to live with eating disorders. Um, it's hard to live with control issues, trying to make your world a perfect place that you want to live in, right? 
there's a lot of side effects, trust, um, you know, you named a ton of them. And I've struggled with a lot of those in my own life and I've had to overcome them. And that's what we are able to help them with when they come to shout, when they, um, you know, invest in the time for counseling, we go deep and there's amazing results. They, they real, they come to know who they really are as an individual and they don't, they can't see that in themselves it's very hard when you go through the abuse and trauma to see any good in yourself. You'll see good in a lot of other people, but it's hard to see the good in yourself. And that's what we bring to the table. We, we are together for six months. We get to know each other. We get to know each other's weaknesses and their strong points. And that's what we are able to help them see. You know, you are really creative. Or, you know, Susie, you have this amazing gift and, you know, teach them how to use some of those giftings and really give them a, a huge boost of self-esteem. And with shout, it gives them a voice. They, they're able to share their story in their past in a very safe environment. And when they feel safe, they will be able to open up and be able to share. And that's huge. And a lot of them have never told their stories to anybody because mm -hmm. of the shame that's in the guilt and everything that goes with it. They're afraid to open up and share because a lot of times when they have shared, they weren't believed. They right. were not believed. Mm -hmm. And that's why people don't report. You know, we've got, I mean, there, it's one in six women by the time they're 18 will be sexually abused in some fashion or form and one in four boys, right? Wow. Here's the deal. Wow. Those are only the cases that are reported. There, 98% of my girls that come through the program, whether they're a teen or an adult, are not reporting. Now, I can't, I can say that about the women. Teens, thank goodness, our world has started to embrace that this is happening. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the teens will report because they tell somebody, if they tell a mandated reporter, teacher, pastor, um, counselor at school, a nurse, they have to report it, right? And so thank goodness. And I mean, I encourage that. I've had girls come to me who tell me their stories and, you know, and I say, listen, you can report this. This doesn't have to continue, right? And I, you know, I tell them, you have to report. I mean, you've just shared this with me. I'm a mandate reporter. Yeah. And, and they want to, but they're scared. But right. we're able to walk them through it. If they need to go to court, we go to court with them, right? We're a support system for them. That's it's amazing. messy. It's messy, but it, it, it needs to be done. They're, the average pedophile in his lifetime will abuse a hundred people. That's, what? that's, yes. Wow. A hundred people, the average pedophile. Wow. Yes. 100 people. So it, this wow. isn't something that it's uh, one time that they have uh, harmed somebody or abused somebody. It's a pattern. It's something that they do. It's a sickness that, you know, they, they need help. Right. Yeah. And 
So I just, that's what we say. And, and a lot of times the girl's stories, I mean, I hear a lot of stories, right? So I'll have a woman that will come in and she was abused, you know, say by an uncle. We'll just use this case. Abused by an uncle. Come to find out, she starts to tell her story. And now she finds out that her sister was, her brother was, they all were. They were all abused wow. by the same person. Wow. So it, that's very common, very common. Wow, 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 wow. And so you said, let me see if I got this right. One out of six women will be mm -hmm. abused, but you also said one out of four. That's, 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 that's boys by the time they're 18. Wow. Yes. So it's even more for men. Um, one out of, no. So I got those wrong. It's one out of four for women, one out of six for men. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's more for women. Gotcha. Sorry. So Team. more for women. Yes. So yes. one out of four, but still, and like you said, those are only the reported cases because I would say there's probably a lot of shame, especially more for, even for men, you know, to not yes. report that kind of thing. And so I know you and I kind of talked about this, that you possibly will start to open up some of your shout programs for men and women as well. You've kind of talked about that. Okay. Yes. So let me, let me share. Right now we have support groups for women and then we have support groups for teens. And I always get questions. Do you have support groups for men? Yeah. And for years, I never felt that it was my place to do that. Mm -hmm. But as life has gone on and I continue to get that question, I've started to really, you know, pray about, is this something that I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to open groups up for men and lead that? And so right now I'm, I'm praying that a man would come forward who's, who's maybe struggled, you know, with this, gone through it and could walk alongside me as a facility co-facilitator mm -hmm. to help lead these groups. And what I would do is I would do them by zoom. So anybody from anywhere could be able to connect. And, you know, I have all the curriculum and I can cater it towards men. Mm -hmm. And as long as I had help, you know, a, a co-facilitator, because every group has a co-facilitator, I really yeah. think that it could work. It could really yeah. work. And it is, you know, it is, it's a bummer. It affects men a lot of the, I mean, I think a lot of the same ways it affects women. It really does. But I don't think that there's enough help out there for men. I'm going to be honest. I don't. No, there's not. No. I haven't heard of any support groups for men that have been abused at all. So I think this is incredible. And I, I love the fact that we're, we're launching this right. <laughs> and so, yes, if you were a male and you're hearing this, or, you know, someone that's a male, that would be a great co-facilitator message, Christina, Christina, what's the best way to message you to go to go to the website and message you from there? They can, or they okay. can email me. The best way to get a hold of me would be email me at healing hearts. BW, so blue water, BW at gmail.com. That's yeah. my email. And I'd be happy uh, to respond. And then we can set up a time to talk. That's how I do it. We'll, we'll set up a time to have a conversation. 
that's convenient yeah. for both of us. I love that. Yeah. Healinghearts.bw at gmail.com. Love that. That's awesome. You can email me right from our webpage as well. Okay. Yeah. Healingheartshome.org. So look that up right away so you can see what that's all about. Can you share with us? So as you go through this SHOUT program, again, tell me what SHOUT stands for. Sharing Hearts Openly, Understanding Truth. Love that. Okay. So the shout program, it's a six month program. And I know you and I were having a side conversation on this, that some of your, um, uh, you know, people that have gone through the course, take it several times, not just one time have taken it several times. Can you talk about some of the things like the core principles of this program that you help take them through? Like, let's, let's say someone is struggling with eating disorders. Let's just throw that one out there struggling with eating disorders. So what's usually the outcome after they finish the course, so to speak, and what do you do to help walk them through that? Well, the first thing is some of them don't even know what they're struggling with. So as we go through the course, we touch on many different things. We talk a lot about emotions. We talk about um, our bodies and how it's affected our bodies. We've talked about how it's affected our families, um, how It's affected friendships, our emotions. Uh, Most of the gals do struggle with some type of eating disorder. I feel, I find with women, it's something that we turn to. I I myself have, I've struggled um, with my weight my whole life. I was very thin for a time and probably too thin. Um, And now I just battle, you know, the the mid 50, the mid 50, what do they call it? The uh, muffin top bulge, you know? Yeah, and, right. and so, but I, I've had to learn to care for myself. So we talk a lot about self-care because women who have gone through sexual abuse and trauma struggle with codependency. They feel a need to care for everybody else. And a lot of times they've been put in that place to care for others and put others before they, you know, in front of their self. And so we teach, you know, we teach that, hey, you're important. You are important and you deserve to take care of yourself, whatever that looks like. So we teach them different techniques, you know, doing your nails. It's as simple as, um, you know, doing your nails, having a pedicure, right? Putting lotion on. Some women struggle with putting lotion. They struggle with touch, even touching themselves. Uh, walking. We had one group where um, I I offered, I said, if you get here a half hour early before group, let's all walk around. It was a, it was a former office space, but it was a great space and it was large. And we would, you know, I'd get my tennis on and we'd walk around and we'd, you know, do a little dancing. And there was steps that came down to that. And I'd, I'd have to duck under the steps. I mean, we just had fun. I had the music on and, you know, we, we just got some good exercise for a half hour, having fun. Or I'll say, let's meet at, you know, let's meet and go for a walk. Right. And just teach them different skills. A lot of them struggle with money, Mm -hmm. you know, either lack of it or not knowing how to, how to manage it. So we give them tools and tips and lead them in directions that can help them resources. There's, it's just, it's a lot of stuff, but the main thing is at the end of the day, teaching them 
to learn not only how to love themselves, but how to love others well and how to trust that they can trust people. They, there are safe people in the world. Not everybody is, um, you know, what we say, danger, danger, you know, stranger danger. Um, so we become a family. We, we not, it's not all about the group. We have fun. We have fun together. We have celebrations. You know, this week we're celebrating that nine women have the courage over four weeks to share their stories. We all take turns and it took four weeks for us mm-hmm. to share. And nine women successfully did that. And, you know, it took great courage and strength, but it also empowered them. And it helps all the other individuals in that group to see, wow, I'm not alone. So this week we are having what I call a celebration and they were able to choose what they wanted to do. And they chose to have a potluck karaoke game night in (laughs) our pajamas. We're all wearing our pajamas. Right. And we're just going to have a great time just spending time together for two full hours. And that's just our first party. And we'll have at least three more. And then we also offer a retreat when we're done and we go away and we spend a wonderful time on retreat and they, we go through a whole nother curriculum that is um, taught to them. And it's, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful too, what we use and, and what they, you know, how they leave that weekend and how we're able to really bond over a three-day time together, you know, two nights, three days together. Very cool. I love, I love retreats. I'm all about retreats. Retreats are great. Marriage retreat last year. And then this year we did one at our church down in uh, Fort Myers. It was really, really awesome. And um, so this is great. I think I'm going to call this Be Healed. And the reason why I'm going to call it that, of course, because of Healing Hearts Home in honor of that, but also that I think we all have some sort of trauma in our lives. It it may not be sexual abuse, but it could be some other type of trauma that we need to identify that maybe we didn't realize happened to us. Maybe it was some words spoken over us that we believed, as you mentioned earlier as well, too. And you know, we all have our own little trauma struggles, right? And it shows up. And you mentioned so many things here from guilt to shame, powerlessness. And you talked about codependency. I think that's a huge one. And I remember a pastor in one of our churches uh, quite a long time ago described what it was in detail. And it really hit home with me. I didn't realize how many people around me and as a business leader, how I need to identify that. And I start to see that in some of our team members and, you know, well-being of my people is, is imperative. And I know if I can help take care of them and put them through a program like yours, right? It's going to help them to want to stay in our company forever, right? Because I don't want my people to leave. I want them to be healthy and whole. And so I think it's important as a business leader that we identify these types of things as well too, and a community leader as well too. And so can you talk about codependency? What exactly is that? And how can someone identify that they may be struggling with that? Well, codependency is basically wanting to well, it's, it's control. There's a good word for you. It's control. And you're trying to control a situation, whatever that is. And normally it's a person, 
So, you know, I struggled with it horribly um, in my life, throughout my life, didn't even really know that I was codependent to uh, my mother and just felt the need to take care of her. And it really affected my life. And I'm sure it wasn't healthy for her as well. Um, but the codependent, the person that you are being codependent with, a lot of times they like that. They right. want you to be codependent. And it's maddening. It, it really can drive you, you know, crazy, so to speak, because they'll call on you. They'll, um, they won't do it for themselves. And you'll feel this constant need to just run and help them and rescue mm-hmm. them and take care of them. And you'll set aside your own life and your own well-being, you know, health down to, you know, taking, having any self-care for your own self to run and rescue and help them. And so what I find is not only are the gals that, you know, come to us and that are in our care struggle with codependency, but they struggle with boundary issues, Yeah, boundaries. They can't say no, you know, that little, the little two letter word they just cannot say it. And it's very dysfunctional. It can be very dysfunctional in their life to not have safe boundaries. But it makes sense because any boundaries that they did have were stripped away from the person who has, you know, taken advantage of them or mistreated them. And, you know, whatever that, whatever the case is. And yes, that not everybody that I counsel has been sexually abused, but they have gone through some type of uh, thing in their life, you know, issue that has profoundly affected them. And we usually are able to help them, you know, see what that was and be able to coach them and love them and counsel them in a way that they can now turn that around. Yeah. What are, uh, I'll put you on the spot here. Do you yes. happen to know what some of the percentages of people who are codependent and struggle with codependency? Well, in my groups, I could tell you about a hundred percent. Yeah. And for sure a hundred percent, but as across the board, that's a good, I'm going to research that. That's a good question to ask. Yeah. The, thing the reason is, why I ask. I think it's a common problem. I believe it is, but people do not realize that they're doing it. Yes, exactly. There is a fantastic book called Codependency No More. Mm. And I think the gal's last name is Beatty, but they can, whoever's watching, they can Google it. But Codependency No More, uh, I read that 20 some years ago. And it turned my life around when I got a hold of it. And I realized that I was being this codependent person. Yeah, Yeah, that's so important to identify and to be self-aware. That's one of our values in our companies is self-awareness. And, you know, you have to educate yourself on these things and be like, whoa, wow, I guess I am following these tendencies, you know, from codependency to narcissism, you know, to 
not being able to set boundaries, right? Sabotaging your success. There's all of these things that I think we all struggle with some form of it, of being able to say, okay, so I recognize this. This is what I can do about this, right? The high, highest form of leadership is leading ourselves. And who's the hardest person to lead? It's ourselves, uh-huh. right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So Absolutely. these types of community programs like this are just so incredible. But let me ask you, because most people just don't want to go deep. They don't want to go down that road. Encourage someone right now to say, you know, because again, be healed, healed people, heal people. Let's think of the hundred people that an abuser in your life could be affecting. So you could help the other 99, right? Because you go through your own healing. So encourage someone why they need to go through this healing process. I'll use my own story in a, you know, a quick fashion here. I never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing today. Not in a million years. I was a quiet gal, shy, you know, introverted into myself. I had no self-esteem. And now that I have really, you know, healed and really feel healthy, just all the way around. I just want to give back. That's, that's just what I want to do. I want to help that, you know, even if it's one person, Mm -hmm. I want to help that person. I want to encourage somebody. When I, when my feet hit the floor in the morning, Tina, I look for people. I go, if I, yesterday it was sunny here in Michigan and I went through the drive-thru, I get, I have, uh, I love my, me some tea. And I went through the drive-thru and I got my tea and the cars were backed up. I had a whole conversation with the gal at the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what she's going with or through, but I tell people, leave people better than when you found them. You know how we say, if you use a space, leave it better than yes. when you found it. Yes. Leave people better than mm-hmm. when you found them. And, you know, even... I mean, I have, I'm blessed because I can, I feel so fortunate that I do what I do and I'm able to talk to people at long lengths of time, you know, but even if I can only talk to them for two minutes at a drive-through, I want to share something with them that is going to make them see, wow, she's right. I I am, I do got a good smile or wow, my hair is pretty, or I do have nice eyes you know, anything like that. So I, who's ever listening, if you're struggling and life is just got you down, reach Mm -hmm. out for help. You know, if it's not Healing Hearts Home and and myself, reach out to somebody, don't stay stuck. There is healing and freedom from opening up and sharing your story, whatever that may be. It might not be trauma and abuse, might be a divorce. it might be domestic violence. These are all things that we work with. Um, but open up and you get the help that you so deserve because you only get one time to go around this earth. And if you're going to do it, do it well and do it healthy because yeah. there, there's hope. You know, that's our big thing, help, hope and healing. And that's, that's what we focus on. I love that health, hope, and healing. Don't we want all of that? Health, all of yes. yes, be healed. And, and this, this is so, 
incredible. And I love that you're talking about, you know, you help people have gone through divorce because I mean, look at the percentages, 50% and up and rising, especially the last few years, right, of divorce. And and it's crazy because I was just, I was in uh, our group Bible study. I love joining group Bible studies. This is from one, our one in Florida. We do it via Zoom. And, and she was telling me one of the group members that she was actually in line at like a Coles or something. And, and so she's in line and uh, it was taking a long time to, you know, get seen because there was a big long line because there wasn't that many people working, right? We're all struggling with that happening right now in our country. And all of a sudden, so she's like, you know, decided to pour it on like the love. And I just like what you were talking about, someone in a drive through right? And so she pours on the love with this woman and, and comes to find out, and she's like holding up the line now, but she finds out that this woman is struggling with a divorce. And so she got her number and she's getting her involved with some of the programs that they have at the church. And it's so important, like you said, get plugged in. There's so many resources out there, whether it's, you know, uh, getting with your local community church, they'll have so many programs set up, right? A nonprofit, just like we have with Christina's healingheartshome.org. I think it's just absolutely incredible. So let, let's talk about um, how can people get involved with this shout program and do you offer them all year round is that something they can jump into at any time how does that work right now we offer one for adults per year and one for teens we're hoping to open up more groups uh, but right now that's where we're at and so we run them we start in the fall and we run through about may you know end of may we'll probably be ending this recent one that we're in and then Mm -hmm. I focus on the summers, our focus is to do the retreat well for the Shout Girls. Mm -hmm. And then this year, I'm going to be teaching a boundaries class that's open to everybody. So it'll be six to eight weeks and people can Zoom in or they can come if they're local, they can come to that. And I'm going to teach on boundaries. And then also I do a lot of counseling so the girls in our program are offered counseling, and then I do, uh, I have outside count, uh, clients that I counsel as well. So I really focus on the uh, spending the summer months into the fall, just uh, networking, and not only in the community, I do a ton of that, but going back and making sure that the girls that have been in our care in the past are, are living their lives well. Yeah. And I do a lot of follow-up and a lot of coffees and a lot of lunches. And, and that's really where I focus uh, my time in the summer to do, to make sure that our clients that have been in our care and are still in our care are doing well. And I mean, I do it all year, but for some reason, summer uh, is just a time where people, they take the time more so to have those conversations and they make time to get their counseling as well. The girls coming out of that group. So that's where our focus really stays in the summer. And then we get ready for fall and, you know, the next, the next six months. Perfect. Um, Yes. So I love this. That's kind of our rhythm. That's a good one. That's a great rhythm. And so people can also connect with your counseling services for any reason at all as well too. And, and I, I'm all about that. Every person needs their own therapist, needs several therapists and as well. (laughs) 
I'm a coach. So um, I love the fact that I can refer people to you as well, too, because as a coach, sometimes I notice people are really stuck in the past and I know that I can't help them. I don't have, you know, the ability to do that, obviously. And so sending them to you will be absolutely amazing. So I love the relationship that you and I are building. And so thank you so much for being on. Now, let's say someone is interested in giving to your nonprofit as well too. Can you talk a little bit about where the money goes and what it's all about? Because I know you're an incredible, you know, executive director of this nonprofit. And this is why I support I, I ourselves through our Paul Mitchell schools, especially our local one, love to support this nonprofit. And I, I love supporting nonprofits like yours, where you actually know where the money's going. <laughs> so can you talk about that and how they can- <laughs> excuse me, I can tell you, Tina, that 100% of our money right now that is donated goes right into the ministry. I do not take a salary at this point. I don't think that that will always be the case, but I've been doing this since we've been a nonprofit. I want to say the last six years and I don't take a salary because I wanted to build this and build it strong and Mm -hmm. have the money and the resources to be able to um, what the Lord laid on my heart years ago, do everything in excellence. And so that's what I try to attain to do. It's not always easy because you need money to do that. And we, we have really, we've never written a grant, although I'm going to start to do that. We've, it's all been private donations. And it's been a lot of the people who have come through and who have been in our care have given back. And I truly appreciate that. But yes, Mm -hmm. our long-term vision, I'll touch briefly on it because I know we're getting short for time, but our long-term goal is to open a healing home for teen girls to come and stay nine to 12 months. And that is going to take a lot of financial support to be able to do that and do it well. They will come and stay with us. They will be in our care. They will receive counseling. They will go through shout if need be. We will teach them life skills. They will be homeschooled. They will come and have a safe place to rest and to process everything they've been through and to heal. And so that is a huge, um, a huge dream of mine. I'm getting all choked up, but it's a huge dream of mine. And you know, I've had my own stuff in my past. And so I've had to overcome that there's no mountain that can't be moved when God is in it. And so even though I know that's going to be a huge undertaking, um, we are lining ourselves up at this time to be able to do that. And we need, we definitely need finances for it. And of course, all these other programs that I want to start, you know, with the men and uh, the boundaries in the summer and, and things like that. And so I just want to thank you for um, sponsoring us and, and giving back to the ministry financially and just with your wisdom. Um, I'm looking forward to us working together and I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, mental health and wellness is definitely on our radar, especially in our palmetto schools across the entire country. And we know that this is desperately needed. And so I, I can't thank you enough for this. And yes, if you want to give 
to her nonprofit, just go to healingheartshome.org and there's a donation button there on the website that you can give to this. And, and I love the fact that we're helping you kind of in your starting years of this. And I, I really think it's going to blow up. And I think you've got some really, really incredible ideas here. That's desperately, desperately needed in, you know, in our world right now. So thank you for what you're doing. And, you know, what I just want to mention, because I I coach a lot of people on helping them find their purpose. And one of the reasons how you know that it's your purpose, what makes you cry? Yes. Like, you know, this is your purpose. And I knew getting into the Paul Mitchell schools many years ago, 25 years ago, that that's what made me cry was women and men that were really struggling with things like these. And so now I know that I can partner up with your nonprofit. And this is really, really needed in our, in our Paul Mitchell schools as well, too. And I know there's a lot of business owners listening to this thinking, man, I really need to set up a wellness culture in my company as well, too. If I want to still be standing in the next 20 years, I've got to set up a wellness culture. I have to have something like this offered to my staff that's a part of our business. So this is absolutely huge. Christina, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to need lots of soldiers to be a part of your, your team to keep this going and keep it rolling to help thousands and thousands of people. So thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Tina. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.